Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the next episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. I am super excited today. I am every podcast episode I know, but today I'm excited for a couple of specific reasons. One is because we've got a brilliant guest with Amaris Cole, and she's got some very cool stuff to share, but also because Amaris's role within the Church of England is to do a lot with digital, and for those that know me, know I run a digital agency, so we're in danger of geeking out around digital and marketing and content. We're going to keep it as much as we can around leadership. So I've got a feeling this could be a two-hour episode, but we're going to keep it down to half an hour as we usually do. So I'm going to introduce Amaris because she's, um, you know, we're going to get straight into it. But Amaris is the Church of England's Senior Digital Communication Manager, uh, and she's responsible for implementing digital evangelism, discipleship, and communication strategies. She delivers a range of digital projects, including video and audio, social media, and specifically a church near you.com. So welcome, Amaris. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be here. And yeah, we'll try not to geek out too much. <laughs> <laughs> so as a start of attending, just tell us a little bit about yourself, what you get up to, and what does your sort of leadership life look like? So, yes, I am Senior Digital Comms Manager for the Church of England um, and I absolutely love that role, um, looking after that side of the team that works on all the training. We do so much training for our churches to equip them. I think that's going to be a big theme of today's uh, chat that we have. Um, And also... um, looking after our campaigns and that website that you mentioned. Um, Haven't always worked in digital. It's been quite a journey to get here. Um, We can get more into it as we go through, but trained as a reporter. So always wanted to be a journalist, got into that, um, became an editor of a charity and then here. Um, And yeah, leader is one of those funny ones where you're like oh am I a leader I've been chosen to come on the podcast I must be and of course I lead um a part of the team and there are areas that I'm responsible for but it's still one of those things that I'm just figuring out so um yeah it'd be good to (laughs) chat through those things that I'm (laughs) figuring out today absolutely I think we're all figuring it out to be honest and I think but I think one of the one of the reasons I want to do the podcast with with you today is because I said I saw you or heard you at the premiere event a couple of years ago, but also just the leadership that you and your team have shown within the Church of England digital communication, because it's moved on so much in the last few years. So just unpack a little bit, if you don't mind, just how have you seen the Church of England evolve over the last few years in terms of their digital leadership? You know, we mentioned in the, in, in the bio up front, digital evangelism, content, social, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't happening a few years ago yeah. that is happening now. No, and it's actually a real kind of cultural change piece that we've been in the heart of. So that's been so exciting. And, you know, when I write my uh, book in 10 years time, that's going to feature heavily. But yeah, we, um, the Church of England did not have a digital team until about four years ago. I was brought in uh, fairly near the start of that team 
being created and and really we were just told to um, try to catch up with where the rest of the world, the rest uh, other organizations, other churches even were with digital, but we knew that that wasn't gonna be good enough. We didn't want to just catch up. We wanted to actually try and start leading, which is why we, in year one, we're going into things like creating that Alexa skill. So you can now ask the Church of England for your prayer of the day or ask us for grace before a meal or ask us those bigger questions that you might have. So we didn't only want to catch up. We wanted to try to um, set trends and, and be at the heart of digital innovation. So that is a real passion of mine. Um, but as we started as a team to try and catch our websites up, try and um, yeah, put some strategy behind our social media, we were constantly being asked by churches when we were uh, going out there getting research about how and why they needed these digital platforms. They said, that is great that our national church is investing in this, but what can we do locally? We know we need to have a Facebook page or a website, but how why what what kind of things do we need to be thinking about and that is where this whole training program came from right. so we started training our churches to use um digital strategically for growth uh, evangelism discipleship and yeah we have trained thousands of churches now um since the pandemic hit we've had to change the way that we train train our churches but it's been yeah a really exciting journey to to go through so yeah along with that national digital transformation we've also been leading um, a real local transformation and equipping resourcing the local church to um, use digital for evangelism, for discipleship. And we're hearing really exciting stories back from our churches about people who would never have met them, never have met them. Churches who have become known for, uh, because of what they share on social, for having a heart for um, the climate and, and working in their local area about reducing the environmental impact. Um, and that people who have also had those interests have started taking notice of those posts that have been popping up on their Facebook feed or those ads even that they might have seen. And then when they need someone to turn to, they think, oh, well, that church cares about that thing that I also care about. Perhaps they'd care about this other thing that's going on in my life. And seeing those churches grow through that kind of really simple um, digital strategy. So that has been hugely exciting for us. That's fantastic. I mean, there's, there's so much around, you know, just around the leadership principles there in terms of just uh, absolutely brilliant. And that's in a very short space of time, right? In four years. Yeah. I mean, that's incredibly quick. If I think about that from a corporate organizational perspective, it takes way more than four years off in most corporate organizations to, to sort of have that whole digital transformation process and go through it. So you mentioned culture at the beginning of that. Mm -hmm. I can imagine the internal culture, uh, you know, amongst the leadership team must have also shifted a lot. I mean, from where it was four years ago when you started a few years ago to now, what are some of those changes you've seen internally? Yeah, so um, everyone thought it was a great idea. <laughs> there was no resistance to that. Um, but it was just um, also the kind of giving some belief back to the church that we could do this and we could do this well um, and we could do this for a reason rather than just having a load of followers on Facebook because what is the point in that it has to do something so uh, yeah it was always thought to be the right thing to do uh, but we just wanted to really give the church a confidence that actually this was 
um, yeah, this was evangelism. This is discipleship. We can grow the church through this and we are seeing stories of growth. Um, So one of the ways that we did that, and it, it sounds a bit odd, but we started entering the projects, the campaigns that we were working on into industry digital awards so it looked a bit vain it's not a very anglican thing to do is it to put yourself up for an award but we did it and when we started uh, winning gold silver bronzes for these industry awards against the likes of coca-cola uh, gatwick airport um loads of the uh, yeah big organizations people started to realize that this is something we could use yeah, strategically, which is not, again, a word that traditionally we might use in the church. Absolutely. It's just so important to think about how we can use these platforms um, to grow our worshipping community. So that's behind all that we do. Uh, yeah, so, but some um, more ex- <laughs> examples that we've had is we used to go into these rooms of like 30 churches to train them um, and we travel all around the country. I stayed at a lot of premier inns in the festival. <laughs> front row might be full of a few people, sometimes older men with their arms crossed. They were either told to be here or um, yeah, they, they knew they should be here, but actually this all seemed another job to do on, when they're already really busy leading churches or volunteering for churches. Um, and yet occasionally you'd have just the why am I here I've got enough to do and it was just great to see that by the end of the day they started getting excited about what these digital platforms could offer them so that's what we used to see fast forward three years now we are never asked why you should do it people we cannot put enough training on for our local churches wow. and that's just such a great shift for us to see it Obviously, the pandemic, the way that all of our buildings were closed meant that this was this became more of a necessity. But there's just such an appetite and an excitement within the church to change, but to change for yeah the reasons that I've said, not just to look popular on social media, but actually because they're seeing results, they're seeing people come in, join their communities. Yeah, and change their lives. Fantastic. You know, it's just really interesting to see the whole organisational culture shift. And I can imagine a few wide eyes and now <laughs> the people that are seeing it work. And I think that's absolutely brilliant because all organisations, you know, a shift and evolve and change with the culture, but the message changes, stays the same, exactly. but the media always changes. That's just the reality. Yeah. So that's absolutely brilliant. And I'm sure you've learned a lot in the last three, four years in your role, and I'm sure in your personal life as well. I mean, yeah. you've achieved an incredible amount in the last few years as, you know, as, a, as, a, as a younger lady, as someone who's, who's obviously been at the, at the sort of forefront of um, helping to bring change and bring a shift. What would you say, I'm drilling down to you now, I'm talking <laughs> about you personally now, yeah. what would you say are some of the, the keys or some of the things that God has given you in your life you know, particularly around the area of leadership, what are some of the, those sort of reference points that you have or those go-to places that you've got? Well, I hope those that work with me alongside me would uh, say passion because that's what I think that I've definitely been given. I can hear and that. And use these skills that I have to um, do good, to change, just, just to, yeah, open people's eyes to the opportunities that we have. So that's when I'm, yeah, that's when I'm looking at what we can do for local churches and the wider church. 
I also hope I bring that to my team's life as well. Um, it is hard work sometimes, isn't it? Uh, just plodding on, doing this, uh, doing these things that we do. Um, but we are passionate. We are all passionate, and I hope that I I lead that, I drive that myself because we just this is so important, the work that we are doing. And I've definitely been put in the right place um, to be doing this. So that's definitely something that I try and hold on to that passion. The other thing, probably an easy thing, an obvious thing for someone that works in communications to say, but is communication. Uh, working in a team, it's obviously so, so important. Um, but we, yeah, we hold communication in all that we do, which, as I said, sounds obvious, but within the team, that's so important. Um, we are trying to achieve so much. And when you have such big goals, when you have such uh, um, ambitious targets, it can be very easy to feel um, that other members of the team maybe uh, are left behind or... Um, Others don't quite understand what you're doing in, in a way. It's also new, the way that we're working so new. So communication is something that I definitely try to really hold on to. Um, so yeah, team-wise. And then talking outwards to those key stakeholders that we have. Again, it can seem like what we're doing is new and scary. So we're just constantly communicating the why, that the message hasn't changed. But actually, this is what it's doing. Um, so yeah, passion and communication, I think, are my two keys for. That's brilliant, and I think, and I think there's something you said at the end there about constantly communicating the why is absolutely vital. I think you know it's so easy to get caught up in the what we're doing and the how we're doing it, and you lose the why, you lose the mission, you lose the sort of the core vision of what you're trying to achieve and why you're trying to do it. So no, I think that's brilliant, and you know, just as a comment on that, you can see over the last three, four years, how the communications have evolved, but it's all stuck true to empowering churches, you know, advancing the gospel, communicating the good news, which is what the gospel is, right? You know, and, and so I think you can see that throughout all of your communication, which has been absolutely brilliant. I suppose, you know, taking that question to a, another level, really, as we journey this, this life in, in, in ministry and work and, and, and life in general, we learn lessons along the way, right? You know, and some of the lessons are tough ones and some are easy ones. I mean, what would you say would be some of the leadership lessons you've learned so far along the journey? I'm sure if I ask this question 10 years time and you ask me this question, it'll be, it'll be a whole different set of things. But yeah. yeah, what would you say have been some of those lessons you've learned so far? Yeah, so definitely, I'm still figuring it out, as I've just said to you. Um, but something that I've definitely um, seen, and I've seen this done very well, and I've seen this not done, and that's why it's something that I'm really trying to work through, is that um, equipping and empowering others. So not just the training that I have been talking about for our churches, because of course that's key, and of course that's um, something that I'm passionate about, but also on a, on a more um, team level, is how do you um, make sure that you are enabling others to step up and step into things that actually are currently your responsibility. And that's something that is very scary, um, but something that the, my last manager was fantastic at, Ginny McDonald. She, um, yeah, I was left in awe by how she just would step aside and let me step into things that were 
definitely hers, things that she had um, developed, things that were getting a profile. So actually would make sense for her to kind of cling on to um, different blogs that she started, different projects and campaigns that she had worked on. But she had that professional maturity to say, no, my time on that is over. It's time for someone else to step in and that she trusted me to step into that. And that is something that I think about all the time. Um, wow. Yeah, how can we make sure that those around us feel like they um, are being given those opportunities when the time is right? It's not always the right time, but that's something that I'm trying to work on currently with my team. And that's something that I think is just so important for personal growth, but also there's, there's a real maturity around that, isn't there, about, being able to give over things that were so important in your probably your personal life your your ego's wrapped up in that often but also yeah your professional life um but being able to take that step and and let things go so that's something i'm trying to do that's Not fantastic yet um Something else I really um, think about a lot is how situations are handled organisationally. Um, somewhere else that I worked did not handle a situation well. And I think we learn more sometimes, don't we, by things that haven't gone well than yeah. by things that have. And um, yeah, it was a pretty horrible situation where I was then leading a team i felt very very young to be leading the team that i was leading and that probably played out as to how i acted in different situations because you try and make yourself a bit older bigger more mature than you have to be because you've been given that role so actually just run with it um but i was in that uh, place at that age i was early 20s then leading a team of everyone was older than me in that team some by 30 years um, so when in that open plan office I was confronted in a very unprofessional way by an older man who um, was very well educated very serious very clever um, and I was very young very blonde but very good at my job also um, and yeah he spoke in that way that was very very unprofessional and used that dominance over me and instead of that organization um, handling that and sorting that out, I was given coaching as to how to respond to situations like that. So I left. <laughs> but you know, it's how an organization handles that because an organization cannot always control how staff uh, talk to each other, relate to each other, but they can always, um, and leaders, managers can always, affect how a member of staff feels about something that has happened and feels that they are respected and cared for and supported in that and um, i think particularly as christians we have responsibility to care for others um, and that was not done so that taught me so much actually and i haven't seen anything like that since but actually those small things that your team sometimes bring to you and sometimes you can think oh come on guys let's get <laughs> let's get on with it but actually that matters to that person and how we as managers or leaders deal with that is so so important people remember how you make them feel so that's another big thing that i tried to take with me 
Absolutely brilliant. That's spot on. And I think just a couple of comments about you know what you said about the first the first example of how your your you know your previous sort of manager empowered and released you. I think can I be honest, you know, and I've been honest, very honest in this podcast now. I've heard that principle by dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of leaders, but I've not seen dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of leaders actually do it. It's one of those re, you know, principle of reproduction and principle of, you know, I've seen lots of people talk about it, but actually I'm, I'm super blessed by the way, the way you've shared that because that is, that to me is leadership at its best, empowering others and not only empowering them to do what you want them to do, but empowering them to be who they're meant to be and see them grow in their leadership. And that's a brilliant example. And, you know, the, the second example around the, um, yeah, just around workplace culture. And, 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 and let's be honest, you know, I've done other, I've done other podcasts, um, with, you know, with a good friend of mine, Juro, who's the CEO of 2020 Change, who's empowering young black um, men, men and women in the workplace. And he says, you know, sometimes off record and sometimes on record, but he says, <laughs> The, the attitude towards certain people groups, whether it's age, sex, gender, whatever it might be, combating that, what can be a, a traditional attitude, whether it's that dominance from particular types of people towards others, I think is something that is still being worked on and weeded out in the workplace, right? Unfortunately, and whether that's in the Christian or non-Christian workplace. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, that is, a, I can see that's a lifelong lesson that you're gonna take with you. But I think anyone listening to this podcast, I want to encourage you to sort of look at that attitude in your own life. My life as a leader, you know, I'm a 40-year-old white man who, who leads a lot of environments. You know, what is my attitude towards every person? You know, do I take that same humility that Christ showed, you know, going to the cross? Is that the same attitude we have towards others? So I think those examples are absolutely brilliant, brilliant lifelong lessons. I can see that there are definitely things that are shaping your leadership at the moment. Um, just changing angles quite, you know, we've only got a couple of questions left. I know we're getting short on time, but just sort of changing angles again. In terms of, you know, your leadership and what you guys are doing more particularly around coming through this pandemic, looking in towards coming up to things coming, you know, coming up towards Christmas and New Year. And I know there's always, there's always a calendar for you guys. Have you seen any shifts in the last few months or anything, anything particular that you're looking forward to coming towards Christmas? Any big campaigns coming up that you want to just talk about? Yeah, absolutely. So the Anglican calendar is very, very set. We have times, we have uh, tablecloths for all the different seasons, <laughs> which is great actually, because there's a real rhythm to that life. And that's great for us while we're planning how we try to reach out to new people throughout the year. And we are heading into, I know it's September, but we are heading towards Christmas, Advent Christmas, and we think there is such an opportunity this year. People have had a, well, a lot of people have had a very difficult year and it really is on us to support them, to, to lead them through this, this next um, couple of months. We know that, yeah, more changes are on their way and that's how we are looking at this. How can we support that? Um, just the way that we do church has changed so much, hasn't it? I don't think that many churches were live streaming before all of this happened. And now we have thousands that are listed on a church near you, which is like our church finder website, that each week are live streaming their services. Some of them are back in their buildings, are having 
a low number of people with them on a Sunday, but they are still committed to live streaming their services, which is so exciting. And that's because people who could not attend their church before can now, whether that's because um, of their working pattern, whether that's because of accessibility and actually just getting to a church was not possible, or whether that's just because that is a daunting thing for someone who has never stepped foot in one of our buildings before. And that is exciting. And we're thinking about how can we um, push that? How can we put resources on to, to equip people to feel comfortable to come back when the time is right? But actually to also hold that online community that we now have and honour that. It's, um, of course, we would love people to be physically in our worshipping communities, but they are already in that online community. What can we do? it would be um, wrong to think that that's not enough at this stage. People are on that journey. And as long as we are producing um, resources and helping them and discipling them, then that's the right place for them now. So what can we do to support that journey? So we're at ex an exciting time wow. and a time when the Church of England is having to reassess what success is. Um, so yeah, it's a very exciting time. That's really interesting because, you know, a lot of, um, you know, in different leadership circles and environments that I'm part of, you've got, you've got a few schools of thought, haven't you? You've got those that are saying, well, we need to get, just get back to the building and it'll all be okay. Yeah. You've got one side of the coin. The other side of the coin, you've got those that are saying, do we just go purely online? We get more engagement and more, yeah. more, you know, more people viewing online and, more, you know, more interactivity online than we did on a Sunday morning traditionally but you guys are sort of really talking about how you hold that tension between the physical mm -hmm. places of worship and physical communities and online communities. So you we need to honor both. We need to, yeah, that's a real, I love that statement. We need to honor both. That's really interesting. Now that's really cool. But you, but you guys then, you know, in, in that spirit of honor, but also in your practical communication, you feel like mm -hmm. the online community is going to be a, uh, you know, a, a valid and an even more valid part of your work moving forward. Yeah, and we have been putting resources that are purely online for the last couple of years, but now we are hearing the stories back. And that's another key thing that um, a team that we work with in the, our media team are really trying to get those stories of people who um, we had a woman who last Christmas um, was given at a carol service, which she only attended because she Facebook messaged the vicar and the vicar said that she could bring her dog, which she didn't want to leave at home. So that's why she came to the carol service. She was given one of our, um, our reflection booklets and the app, and she downloaded the app that goes alongside that. So she did that Christmas journey. She then um, did the alpha course with the church she then did um, a campaign that we run with churches across the world called Thy Kingdom Come um, over Pentecost. She then did, um, yeah, she was involved in the Lent and Easter campaigns that we were running all online, this was, but with local touch points. Her church were great at checking in and inviting her to services, and she was then baptised. And this is a person who has never been to church before wow. um, in her 50s has just experienced a whole new life because she just sent that Facebook message to the vicar. So we are hearing these great messages and that is why we're keeping on going with 
the apps that we're running with um, the audio stuff that we're doing with our Alexa and Google Home skills. Uh, we just at the start of the pandemic released some uh, mental health reflections that you can get on Alexa and in, through the app and just the stories that we're hearing from those. And that's just simple, 13 simple reflections about how to deal in this crazy time that we're all living through. Um, and that's why we carry on not just those big numbers, which we obviously love to see how many people have downloaded this, but those uh, really rich stories of people turning their lives around, giving their lives to God is just why we carry on going. Wow, what a fantastic story. Absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, I think that's such an encouragement to us all listening in, which is really, really cool. The final question, Amaris, because uh, I've got lots to talk about around digital, but <laughs> we're going to focus on you again. Yes. Final questions, we come to land. So I suppose, you know, you've shared a few stories already, but looking back at your life and your leadership journey so far, what's one piece of leadership advice you'd give your younger self? Oh, there are a few, but I think the most important one and... I hope I'm not the only one who needs to hear it, but it's just about believing in myself. That, and that's not an arrogance thing, that's not a vanity thing, but that's just believing that this wasn't all a mistake, that I wasn't given these skills, these, um, yeah, this passion for no reason. Obviously, I was supposed to have those skills, those experiences, um, and I just, yeah, to have the confidence to step into each role, each place that you're in, because none of this is a mistake. I think that's just something that other people might need to hear, but I definitely probably still need to hear on a Monday morning at 9am. Um, yeah, we're often encouraged, aren't we, in the society that we live in to kind of shrink or conform or adapt. But actually, um, we have been chosen, whether you look at that at a purely organisational level, that you were recruited into that role, or whether you think in that bigger picture that God has chosen you to be this person. Um, so it's, it's uh, yeah, wrong of us to not believe that we can bring our full selves to these spaces, to these roles, to this mission that we, that we have. So, yeah, still something I'm telling myself, but definitely something I should have known years ago. Oh, fantastic. Now, that's a great way to land. Uh, Amaris, I've really enjoyed this, um, spending this time with you. Thank you so much for your insight, both into your personal life and your leadership and obviously what you're doing organisationally. There's some absolute gold there. So I want to encourage people to listen to the podcast, pause it, take reflection. There's some really, really great nuggets there. And also to share it, share it around, because I think one of the things... Um, that you've really clearly taken us on you know, a journey on you know, during this episode is some of the practical ways in which, you know, you have many practical ways in which you and your team are supporting churches. So if you are looking, you know, if you're a church leader listening to this or someone in a church environment, please get online, look at those resources, listen back to some of the different programs and events that are going on, get involved. You know, this is now, as we've heard today, that the balance between offline and online is going to be going to be there. And one of the key things we've got to honour both. So, you know, get involved, look at the resources, connect with connect with them via the different websites and apps. And, yeah, just get involved because I think, you know, God is using, the, you know, Amaris and her team and so many others in such a powerful way. So thanks again, Amaris, for your time. Thank Love you for that. having me. It's been great. Brilliant. Well, take care and have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Andrew. 
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.